Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Jeffrey Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the life, the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains and transit, adventures and life hacks, and today we learn about access. And here to talk with us today about access is Matthew of Chain Reactions. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, chain Reaction. Chain singular. Reaction. Thank you. It's very important. There's only one of us. <laughs> you, you only create one Chain Reaction. Yes. There's one reaction that is not chained, <laughs> but in theory could be. No, I guess a Chain Reaction is also Chain Reactions, but... If you search for Chain Reactions PDX, I don't know if you'd find any information about us. That is a good point. Chain Reaction, folks. Chain Reaction. Just Chain Reaction, not Chain Reaction Cycles. It's just not. Chain Reaction PDX. <laughs> uh, we're like we're like dissecting this yeah. as, as much as we can here. I love it. Um, anyways, so it's a bike nonprofit, and what do you guys do? Yeah, so uh, we're a program that's created in partnership between Bikes for Humanity and uh, Central City Concern. Um, essentially, uh, Central City uh, Central City Concern is a huge nonprofit in downtown Portland. Uh, started in the '70s, they were basically just trying to address homelessness in the city of Portland and. Initially, they just bought up what at the time uh, would have been called flop houses, like the sort of pay-by-the-hour hotels, okay. and turned them into clean living facilities to get people off the streets and help people you know, make positive changes in their life. Um, as time has gone by, they've tried to uh, take a comprehensive approach to homelessness and the causes of homelessness. So they have addiction uh, services mental health services, uh, general health services, um, employment training. They have a whole organization called the Employment Access Center that just tries to get people placed in jobs, um, and they do a lot of housing. And then uh, they end up with a lot of abandoned property uh, because people come and go from the program and leave things behind. Some of that property is bicycles, and uh, basically – they were looking for a way to recycle those bicycles. They partnered with Bikes for Humanity to create this cooperative in the basement of one of their residential buildings um, called The Estate on Couch between 2nd and 3rd <laughs> in northwest are Portland. You, are you uh, getting on the bandwagon of, of I feel very strongly that yeah. it's definitely Couch. Uh, right on. Huh? Okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh, where do you fall in the line? Um, I'm of the Cooch variety. Yeah. But... <laughs> That, that's I'll just me being historically, yeah. yeah. There's a there's another fun one too. Um, uh, Gleason right. is uh, traditionally pronounced out. It's another family name, Gleason, so it's Gleason. Gleason. Exactly. Google Maps says Gleason. Yep, but I think they're wrong. Yeah, well, I, I think Gleason is Gleason Gleason is well accepted. Um, and who knows? We give it another five ten years. Yeah, Cooch Couch may be that way. There was a family name where I grew up. It was Gilson. Mm. Perhaps they were Gleason, and then you know someone with a with a little bit of like uh, dyslexia or whatever, mm-hmm. just wrote it wrong, and they forever were just Gilson huh? from. The, yeah, I well, don't know. Well, That's my conjecture. Maybe with hopefully with... that didn't sound too insensitive. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say maybe maybe um, this is the the start of it here, the genesis with chain reaction and uh, couch chain versus reactions. couch. Yep. Oh, I mean, if yes. chain reaction <laughs> on with the couch. 
Exactly. So you heard it here first, couch people. <laughs> it's couch from here on out. Yep. Uh, Thank you. How, you said you feel struggling. I, I want to like follow this cha- like this uh, this rabbit trail now. Um, I don't know. I've been saying couch for a while. People keep correcting me, and I just keep insisting that uh, the name of the street is couch. Uh, <laughs> I'm not from the area. I grew up seeing a word spelled C-O-U-C-H. It was a couch. Right. That is clearly couch street mm-hmm. to me. How would you pronounce the river that's not the Columbia? The Willamette. Okay. Uh, but I learned that from other people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's... There's a uh, Willamette, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan, yeah. oh. but it's pronounced Willamette. Yep. Huh. Um, for years, I lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and nearly nobody outside of Lancaster, Pennsylvania calls it Lancaster. Mm. Um, they say Lancaster, Lancaster yep. which yeah. is very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Friends of mine, last name, they pronounce it Lancaster, and uh, they do. They will correct. They will wow. correct other people. Where are mm. they from? You know, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Are they from Lancaster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Just interestingly yeah. enough, they pronounce the town Lancaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, so tell us a little bit about the Bikes for Humanity side of Chain Reaction. Uh, well, basically, Bikes for Humanity took on uh, the management of the organization back in, um, I think the conversation probably started in uh, 2014, and then in 2015, spring of 2015, they opened up. Mm-hmm. Um, Bikes for Humanity bought all the tools um, and was responsible for providing the training and uh, managing the bicycle inventory. Um, selecting what bicycles would be sold for raising funds and what bicycles would be used for the free earn a bike program Mm -hmm. uh, for central city concerned clients. Um, There was a man before me who ran the program for a couple months. He stepped away. They approached me about doing it, uh, brought me in as a contractor uh, to do it. And I was doing it. I, around that same time had started a single member LLC called give them bikes with an mm-hmm. exclamation point at the end and it you won't find it unless you search it with the <laughs> exclamation point um except i except i can't well. put that in a url so it's give them bikes period com but we know <laughs> you kind of um, you kind of mellowed it out for yeah the just for yeah. the internet and in, in case anyone's in doubt the header for the website does have an exclamation mark yes so you know does. you're in the right place yeah you'll know but um, if it's give them bikes, period, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> um, but uh, um, but I had started that really just to... F- I was getting a lot of different contract work as a bicycle mechanic. And so uh, just to filter all of that through some entity um, and to kind of pull my money a little bit and see what I could do with it. Um, and then uh, basically Bikes for Humanity had a little bit of a financial crisis Hmm. Um, towards the end of 2015. And was that before or after they moved into their spot down on Powell? It was after. Okay. It was after. Um, they'd been there a little over a year okay. at that time. Um, but they were basically like, hey, uh, we're not funding this anymore. Okay. And so I said, hey, what if I just did it anyway? And they were like, that sounds cool. And um, so since then, Give Them Bikes has been responsible for the management um, and for the doing the fundraising and um, staffing and everything, um, 
it's just me and Andrew, uh, Andrew Shaw Kitch, who uh, uh, was supposed to be here today. Well, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, we can. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's missing out on tacos. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Tacos um, and beer, Andrew. That's, yeah. You're missing out. I'm throwing oh. half the tacos on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> These were yours. <laughs> uh, it's all in fun. It's but, all in fun, Andrew. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought now. Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, that's okay. Um, give them bikes, took over management. Yeah, and, yeah. So uh, uh, we've been responsible for developing the program, um, uh, staffing it, uh, doing the volunteer coordination, uh, and doing some bikes that we refurbish for sale to fund the program. Um, uh, bikes so, for Humanity is still involved. We still okay. have all their tools, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Okay. And um, uh, they provide our insurance coverage, which is really nice. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, so how did how did you get connected with the Central City Concern? Then? They reached out to Bikes for Humanity, actually. Okay. Um, I believe had initially tried to do something with the Community Cycling Center. Um, but this is all before I was involved, so I don't... You know, I, I don't exactly know okay. the whole story, uh, but the the man who used to be the liaison through uh, Central City Concern gave me a little bit of the backstory, and they tried to work something out. It fell through. They came to Bikes for Humanity. Uh, Stephen Kung, who was the founder of Bikes for Humanity mm-hmm. and was still in charge at that time, um, had this idea of sort of a citywide network of cooperatives and... Um, saw this as like phase two sure uh, you know phase one being the pal sh- well i guess like phase zero being his house and then like <laughs> phase one being the pal shop and then like phase two i shouldn't speak for him i don't i don't know his whole plan but this you'd is be how surprised I've how many bike shops start out this way actually in portland okay there's there's a few uh like what oh um upcycles up in North Portland, Northeast Portland. I know of them, but I, I've never been there. Sure. Um, yeah, just just it's it seems like a uh, similar to like that food cart story. The the story of the bike shop in the garage is a uh, is one I've actually seen repeated a couple times here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Upcycles is one theoretically Cycle Portland as well. Uh, I, but we were more out of a van than okay. out of a out of a <laughs> garage there because we didn't even have a garage at the time. Yeah. Well, where did you park the van? Um, outside the house i'd suppose okay. so no garage no attachment yeah. just the van <laughs> cool um yeah so upcycles one but yeah great great way to get started there for sure yeah i mean it's pretty cool uh central city concern gives us the space we don't pay any rent for it um we do programming one day a week i'd like to do it more um however i you know i'm i'm a working class person and I have to work to feed myself, and uh, I don't want to shatter any illusions, but the free bike program is not really a sustainable <laughs> thing at this moment. Hmm. Um, so uh, we are able to pay ourselves a little bit, but it's below legal minimum wage, and it's not really uh, set up for us to just like do this full time. Right. So um, you know, where how I see it growing is just getting more. Uh, sort of social justice-minded mechanics involved. Um, you know, there are a lot of those in the city of Portland. There's also a lot of co-ops stealing their energy. Not stealing, <laughs> but harnessing sure. their energy. Sure. Um, so we haven't, uh, we haven't found uh, our next set of partners, but we will. Hmm. They're out there. Maybe this will get them. 
So yeah. what what would a typical day look like for you then coming into the to the space? Yeah, uh, so we get there at eleven on Tuesdays. Um, from eleven to two thirty, we're doing uh, refurbishing the bikes, doing different administrative stuff. You know, like calling the clients, uh, inviting them to the program. We do orientation once a month. Um, we can't do it every day cause it takes like an hour to an hour and a half just mm-hmm. to get people up to speed with what we're trying to do there. Okay. And if I did that every week, I'd lose a lot of class time. Um, so I do that once a month, but you know, contacting people just to get them enrolled, um, contacting people who haven't been there in a while to say, Hey, we still have your bike. We'd love for you to finish mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, getting the bikes refurbished. We take a lunch break, 2.30 to 3. We go to La Pinata Tacos um, on Ash Street and mm-hmm. 3rd, my favorite taco place in Portland. <laughs> That's a free buzz market for them. And, Wait a minute. Um, so you, you go to tacos <laughs> for lunch every day, and yet you requested tacos for dinner tonight. I probably eat uh, a burrito or tacos at least once a day. <laughs> um, okay. It's the perfect food but um, for me. Uh, but, but, uh, and then from three to seven is the program. Mm -hmm. Um, and the clients come in, um, officially our capacity is 12. Last week we had 15, uh, just keep that on the DL, everybody listening. And, um, (laughs) I'll try to edit that in post. Yeah. Cut that out. Uh, we don't want anybody to know that we're helping extra people, but, um, (laughs) Uh, people come in, uh, when they're new to the program, we go through an orientation where we just talk about how it's going to work. Um, you know, the, the, the key point is like, how do I earn a bike, a chain reaction? And it's, we're going to do it cooperatively and collaboratively. Mm -hmm. So there's no, like, I'm going to take this bike. I'm going to put up a stand in the corner. I'm going to not talk to anybody and just fix it. And when I'm done, I'm going to take off. Mm -hmm. The idea is, um, everybody who starts together represents a cohort. So, uh, if six people start together, in theory, uh, those six people are going to all work on their bikes together, uh, and they do it in partners. So, mm-hmm. like, they'll fix three bikes, then they'll hang those up. They'll fix three more bikes. Then we do, like, the final check on all of them, uh, road test all of them, and then all six um, people will take them home at the same time. Okay. Uh, in practice, it doesn't always work out that way. People have attendance issues and stuff, that, and we we're not trying to be jerks about the thing and be all like hard and like, no, you weren't here. I'm keeping the bike. I got tons of bikes. I want you to get the bike. Mm. Um, just come back when you can. Okay. Um, so it, it gets a little loose. Is there something going on? No, no, nope. no. Sorry. Someone not was at all. walking by. It was actually, uh, someone was walking towards the, uh, the trailer and I did think they were coming, but they're just oh. okay. walking around. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> so is it, um, for chain reaction, if there are bikes that just have no claimants, do, does Chain Reaction also sell bikes to sort of recoup cost yes. on, on yeah, operations? We do. The idea is uh, we have a value threshold that was set in contract between uh, Central City Concern and Bikes for Humanity before mm-hmm. I was ever involved. Uh, that is $150. Um, so in theory, a bike above that uh, is a bike that will sell, and a bike below that is a bike that people can earn for free. Okay. Um, you know, it's a pretty loose, uh, valuation system where Mm -hmm. like I look at the bike I have, uh, on the floor in there, I have, I brought, uh, I bought a colored duct tape, red, yellow, and green. And so red is the stuff we're just going to trash. It's like Huffies, um, no offense against Huffies, but, uh, they sit there forever. Nobody ever works on them. 
or just things that are like so demolished and sure. such bad shape that that it's never going to get anywhere. Um, so those we just break down for parts and then they, they go to recycling. Um, the yellow bikes are the program bikes. So those are the ones that are salvageable, are good bikes, but, um, have low resale value. Mm -hmm. And then the green bikes are the funding bikes. Uh, green is the color of money. You may, (laughs) you may notice, um, but in practice, uh, I mean, also a part of that agreement is that like we can at any time pull bikes from the inventory for different needs. And so occasionally I'm pulling a green bike or a red bike for the program uh, because I don't have an appropriate one for the person or they're like, I just really like that one. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense to do that. Or um, occasionally we uh, lately I've just had too many bikes. I mean, that's been the big problem, which is a good problem really? to have. Yeah. But it also creates a problem of like now there's not enough space to walk around. Uh, so yes. uh, I've been running like a Craigslist, like just come get an as is bike, cheap, cheap, cheap. Mm. And uh, it's so I've been pulling some of the yellow bikes out for that and, you know, sold like a twenty five dollar bike the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it's a little loose. You know, it's it's a little whatever seems appropriate at, at the moment. And that uh, money goes to chain reaction or. That money uh, goes City to concern, no the the money goes into the LLC. Uh-huh. Uh, we pay out mechanics, which are just myself and Andrew. Um, we basically treat the LLC as a person. Um, so there's the LLC, Matthew and Andrew, and uh, gross receipts are just divided in three. Mm-hmm. It's really pretty crude. Um, ah, it's, but it's you know, like a share system, though. I mean, yeah, it, it, for I fishing mean, boats, I use it, it all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay, you've worked on fishing boats. I have. Yeah. Wow. Um, so usually the boat gets a share and that's how you keep your maintenance under control during the season. So if you have a good season or a bad season, the boat's still getting part of that. So you can continue. I had no idea. I just came up with this one day. Uh, it was, uh, just a way to like keep things going. Now you're ready to captain a boat. Well, I can't initially, I tried to just pay Andrew like 1250 an hour for his hours. And what was happening is I was doing like 24 hours a week to be able to pay him for eight. And it was just like, this is not equitable. This is Mm. not sustainable. Uh, so we came up with this and then, but the LLC is absorbing all the costs. So a lot of the bikes that we sell, uh, need parts that, that we're not going to be able to pull out of there. Some of the bikes that end up in that green pile, it's really just like they need a derailleur hanger. And I know, uh, none of my students are going to want to fork out $25 or whatever for that. So it just goes in there. Just because it's still a good thing, but it's going to need some investment. And that's what the LLC is doing with its share is buying things to keep it going. And also buying, you know, grease and like the consumable parts that Mm -hmm. go into repairing bikes for the program. Is it something where if somebody had a bike that was broken and they couldn't necessarily afford to take it to what you consider to be a, a usual service shop, would they be able to bring it through Chain Reaction uh, currently, uh, we're only doing the program for Central City Concern clients. Okay. That's at the request of Central City Concern. Okay. Um, I was in a meeting with them a, now, like over a year ago, and I need to uh, start this conversation up again. But right now, I, I'm working on getting some improvements to the space that we're in, and that's sort of the short-term focus. Um, but I want it to be open to the general public because, like, that makes a lot more sense and is a lot more in tune with my values than like, no, you're not in this like select click. So Mm -hmm. see ya. Um, I do, you know, we find ways to like make things work for people. 
Um, and some of the, some of the clients do just like bring in a bike that they have and refurbish it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but I don't currently have like a class setting that's open to the general public. Only the sales side is open to the general public currently. And like, we'll do repairs for pay, you know, like I've done tune ups there Mm -hmm. and stuff for usually it's just friends, like word of mouth. Um, but uh that is a place i'd like to get it how i see it working is uh i mean it, andrew's not here so he can't he can't he can't stop me from saying this <laughs> i really want us to sell that's what mem- you get yeah. that's what you get for not showing andrew uh i really want us to sell memberships uh you know and a membership would come with a bike you know um you know and be good for a year and give you access to the space hmm. um i'm not sure how that would work in the current space where uh, you know, I've I've been asked well, you're in the basement of a, not, uh, yeah, yeah, not mm-hmm. not to just open up to the general public. Yeah. Um, the part of that conversation was that Central City Concern does have like street level spaces. Um, so there's potential to grow through them. Um, another thing, you're familiar with the block mm-hmm. because you're right around the corner there. There's those two right next to the estate. There's those two like art galleries. Yep. They're like pretty empty clearly somebody's renting them right now but Mm -hmm. earlier this year they were empty yeah you're talking duplex there and just on on couch street yeah yeah right on couch uh right next to the estate it's like 218 and 216 or something are the addresses um they're currently rented um but i don't know i you know i could see them uh being available again Mm -hmm. in, in the foreseeable future um and maybe just having like a small retail space there that mm-hmm. does like I don't know accessories or something, uh, just because it's right by us. Um, but as a way, if I had my own space, it'd be really easy to control who comes in and out because like it, you know, no one can tell me what to do in my <laughs> space. But right. right now, I'm in a space that is donated to us, mm-hmm. so um, I'm I'm abiding by their request. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. Oh, sorry, after you. Well, if anybody from Central City Concern is listening, I am abiding by your request. Have no <laughs> fear. Um, so I'm curious, is how did you sort of get into this? Or what, what was sparked that that trend towards um, more of the, like, working with people, trying to get folks back on bikes end of it, instead of sort of like the higher-end world that exists yeah, within cycling, well, for example? Uh, sort of nonprofit versus yeah, retail. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Those are the words I'm yeah, looking for yeah. but failed to find. Um, uh, th- this seems to be a very uh, politely toned conversation, but like f it rich people, have to be. you know, uh, <laughs> it just doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't move me. It, um, I before doing this, I uh, had a career in like the social working nonprofity mm-hmm. kind of world. You can cuss um, on the show too. It's it's oh totally... fuck right, cool. Um, uh, f- I just yeah. <laughs> I just caught that that you self censored. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's not it's this one. This one in particular is not broadcast on on FCC airways. Yeah, yeah. perfect. We're, we're all right. Um, we're we're fucking good crew. Cool. You have to say it at least once too. Oh fuck yeah! Join join us in this. In this. <laughs> sin i have i not sworn yet i don't know not tonight holy shit we've all been very professional (laughs) um but uh uh no so uh at the so i got into bikes in college as a lot of people do um just uh you know i i lived in lancaster pennsylvania i went to college in millersville pennsylvania they're five miles from each other and i was driving and parking and the whole uh rigmarole 
And I was like, this sucks. And I uh, bought a bike. A bunch of my friends got into bikes. I got into bikes. Um, just started doing that commute. And just like that five miles kind of like changed my way of seeing myself. You mm. know, it, I mean, I think most bike people have this like transformative. Um, I mean, I think some people grow up doing it, but a lot of us get into it as adults mm-hmm. and uh, have this like transformative moment where it's just like, this is me. Like, this is my thing. And, um, that happened for me, uh, way back in Pennsylvania, um, uh, moved to Georgia for graduate school, uh, went car free at that time. Uh, my parents wanted to sell me their car and I said, no, (laughs) (laughs) um, and, um, find another sucker. Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, um, got in, uh, ended up getting a degree in nonprofit management, uh, from the university of Georgia, um, worked in a variety of nonprofit organizations, uh, not bicycle related, uh, moved out here in 2012, um, and was working for, uh, an organization that serves adults with developmental disabilities. And I should say before that, you know, I, I was doing different things that were, you know, serving the homeless, uh, or serving, uh, you know, all kind of disadvantaged people, I guess is maybe the, the umbrella term. Sure. Um, and, uh, I've never, uh, I've never had aspirations to pursue wealth in my own life. Um, I identify pretty firmly as working class. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, power to the people, Viva yeah. La Raza, we will rise up like, um, <laughs> I, you know, uh, fuck the man, uh, smash the state, dethrone God. And, um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, now I help people like, with bikes. You say that so <laughs> I like, yeah, that transition was just flawless. I Thank like you. it. Um, but, uh, was out here, uh, serving adults with developmental disabilities, um, had done the entry level position, and I, you did that too. I still do um, that. You do? Yeah. Oh, I don't Part anymore. Time. So, but well, um, and I guess like cool. you know, with with driving school yeah, buses. Yeah, that was one well. of the first yeah. conversations you and I ever had. That's right. We had that connection. Um, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, but I uh, I'd been promoted to management and then promoted to administration, and I had this day like I had to have a car for that job. I had because like the office was downtown, the programs were like way out east. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just spending a lot of time on the highway and my car was like a, a piece of shit and it, uh, it, it, it couldn't hold a, um, like a, uh, an idle. It couldn't hold a steady idle. It would just oh, die. Oh, yeah, they like keep gassing and, it? Yeah. Oh. And so like I'd just be on the highway, like in like gridlock traffic and the car would die and I'd just like sit there and then like start the car and move like 200 feet and then the car would die again. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you know, and it was like sunny out and I was like thinking about all the other ways my life could be and I felt really disconnected from who I, who I was, it who kinda, I wanted to be. It yeah. kind of sucks how like um, on an administrative level that is is sort of a requirement, having an automobile. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I a criticism I had at the time was i didn't really understand why the office was downtown mm-hmm. sure um you know when none of the programs were there um it seemed like this kind well, of like the the inner city elites and the like spread out sprawling, yeah yeah uh, well and even if you can, you are you are able like we uh the organization i work for currently and worked for in the past like they we were fortunate enough like the two 
residential houses were like a mile apart from each other and the office was almost right in the middle. Hmm. But in the meantime, you still have your county licensing offices. You True. have like yeah. various like uh, um, funders that you have to like connect yeah. with and talk yeah. to. Um, yeah. And it becomes like almost a requirement that you have to have a car because on an administrative level, like you're pulled in so many different directions mm-hmm. and it kind of sucks that it, it ends up being that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other way to do it is to like have like a huge facility, but then that has its own, uh, Disadvantages. You know, shortcomings, sure. you know, sure. like Oregon, my understanding is they kind of pioneered like the, the group home model and it is really nice to like live in a home sure. versus like sure. a you know a, a huge facility mm-hmm. um so i don't know i you know i, I, don't, I can't fix it advantages and disadvantages <laughs> independent yeah. living has its advantages and disadvantages mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah i i wouldn't advocate for one over another other than just to say like there's advantages and disadvantages yeah. and some of the disadvantages of like say institutional living is way more apparent uh, than the advantages to it. Yeah. Um, hmm. But anyways, th- that was a bit of a, a side yeah, yeah. track, but um, anyway, so you were in your car, you're, you're driving. Yeah. And I just, I didn't want to do it anymore. And, um, uh, I asked to be demoted. <gasps> there was an entry level position open. I'm kind of glossing over like a whole year of this transition, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> you didn't, Monday, I was not feeling that good. Then, like, Tuesday, I was, like, a 6 out of 10. Um, but um, We don't have to go day by day. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be but, a real long episode <laughs> if that's the case. But uh, there was an entry-level position open. The entry levels uh, at this organization uh, were overnights. So you do, like, two shifts a week, and you're full-time. Um, and you have a lot of time available to, like, pursue other things. Um I had a friend of a friend from back in Pennsylvania who had gone to UBI out here, mm-hmm. and I like hit her up on Facebook and was like, "Hey, I hear there's a bike college here. I, I like bikes. Like, to tell me about it." And she was like, "It's great. Do it." Um, and I cashed in all my vacation time and uh, did three weeks at UBI, mm-hmm. and then um, started volunteering init- initially um, just at the community cycling center because that was the one I knew about. Uh, but then just in conversations with people, someone pointed me towards bike farm and I started mm-hmm. hanging out there and someone pointed me towards, uh, bikes for humanity, uh, you know, all within the mm-hmm. span of like a, a couple of days. And then I was like volunteering at all three and like just Whoa. burning it. Like, well, cause I was 29 years old and I was like starting a life as a bike mechanic <laughs> where like, but it's like a thing 14 year olds do. And I was like, I got to hit the ground running. I see. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I just was like, uh, for a while, I was really just putting in as many hours as I could. Um, while still working yeah, overnight. While still doing the overnights, yeah. And um, Bikes for Humanity was just open the most and had the most volunteer opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, uh, community cycling centers open every day, but their volunteer opportunities are like Tuesday nights and like Sunday afternoons. Okay. Um, and, you know, Bike Farm is open like four hours, like four to five days a week, I think. Um, I, I wouldn't know like right then, off the top of my head. Um, I think they're open Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's five days. But um, and then, but Bikes for Humanity was open at that time, six days a week, and like all day those days because it was Stephen, and he <laughs> that was just like all he did. Was it still um, out of his house at that point? No, it was in the pal shop. Already. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started going there, um, they'd been in the pal shop a few months, um, 
and uh you know there there weren't a whole lot of volunteers uh or at least not appearing at the shop i think like the external events and some other things did have like a pretty strong volunteer base mm. but um like people showing up just to fix bikes uh there was a handful of us and um i don't know i'm always drawn towards uh I'm always kind of drawn away from like very successful things where there's like a lot of happy people there, and I'm always drawn <laughs> more towards like the kind of struggling thing. Uh, where's where, the strife? Yeah, show exactly. me where that is. Like, I don't know what that is in my personality, <laughs> but like that's where I want to be. Okay. Um, so we can all be angry and like begrudgingly help each other, <laughs> and um, yeah, and I think part of it's just like, well, they need me, you know, and these uh, other people don't need me. <laughs> But, um, or as much, and I don't know, it, it just became the place I was all the time. And, um, they made me a key holder at some point and, uh, you know, doing like the shop hosting. And then, uh, they asked me if I wanted to teach some stuff for them. And so they hooked me up with chain reaction. And then I was also doing, um, I think it's called sun schools. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not as active in the public schools currently, but it's it was like an after school bike club. You were doing um, okay bike repairs. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, mm. But that is that is that is no more. But um, but yeah, that's just how I Stephen approached me and asked me mm-hmm. if I was interested in it, and I said I was. So in a sense, yeah. um, that's actually really neat because you kind of have the best of all three of those worlds, where like most people might have had exposure to one or you know maybe two of those organizations. You're really able to draw on all of that past learning experience to bring that knowledge to chain reaction yeah i hope um you know i uh, i don't i uh my involvement at bikes bike farm now is like null like i i've barely been there um but it just as things heated up uh you know elsewhere in my life just mm-hmm. uh is pretty busy and kind of focused on specific things um, and I haven't been to the community cycling center in a really long time either, to okay. be honest, but you know, I do have my memories of when I was there. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, speaking of things heating up, I was looking at the website for, so you also run the blog, the give them bikes exclamation, uh, exclamation. Yes. Um, and it, it seems like you had a little bit of a, uh, issue this summer with bike theft of some personal vehicles. Yeah, that, uh, I think think is resolved um i do i seriously need to write a new update though because uh, uh a number of developments have happened in that story um i guess i can go ahead and spoil it here for <laughs> your listeners no worries <laughs> well the um, the reason um my attention was drawn to it is uh, aaron and i were talking before the show is you have one of the most eloquent descriptions of having a bike stolen that i think i've ever read um where yeah one of the most sympathetic uh uh, I don't ways remember to say, it. Like, my so shit got stolen. You're gonna have to read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm pulling it up here, but I I think you said uh, these new parts were inadvertently donated to a needy person with an eye for opportunity when I left <laughs> the bike parked outside in a public place overnight. Quote sad face. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen uh, such a level headedness given yeah. or ascribed well, like, to death bike to theft bike there. thieves and empathy for bike thieves. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I uh generally yeah. like you know yes there's a it's a crime of opportunity but it's it's a crime that um systematic yeah 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 that is sort of indicative of a, of an uneven system yeah mm-hmm. well if we all had a universal basic income there'd be no need to steal anything ever maybe <laughs> <laughs> 
Cool. Um, so is the blog something that you've had a chance to work on recently? or <laughs> Not as much as I would like to. Okay. Um, initially, the idea was that Andrew and I would each write, uh, I think, once a week was our goal. And if you look at it, there's like five or six posts since April, I think. Um, so it's it's pretty slow in developing. Um, but, um, you know, I'd like to keep working on it. I don't. You know, I kind of see Give Them Bikes as, like, whatever I choose to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm interested in media. I'm interested in, um, you know, education and just disseminating information and self-expression. And um, a blog is, like, a really low overhead way to start exploring the those avenues. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Do you ever think about um, maybe having one of your students uh, uh no but i'm thinking about it now um <laughs> we could probably do that um at one point uh at one point i was uh through like social media we were posting pictures of students with their bikes uh -huh. and central city concern asked us not to do that oh. so we stopped and so now it's all pictures of just customers and sure. it's pictures of student bikes without the students in it hmm. okay. however i recently found out that um Central City Concern seems to have loosened some of their policies on that and lets students self or lets clients self identify whether they want their likeness to be used or not. Hmm. I mean it so makes sense I guess there, given there yeah. may be opportunities yeah. to open up there and yeah, I mean it I think it's a great idea. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um well that's yeah, absolutely wonderful. Uh it'll be exciting to see especially how chain reaction starts to evolve there and definitely sounds like it's got some good reactions going on yeah thank you some chain reactions yeah singular <laughs> oh damn it <laughs> <laughs> um well we got some headlines we don't have mail this this week again no mail no uh, i should i should write us. to us just so we can say something <laughs> just so we can, in so case we can you've forgotten something. you can uh, send mail to the sprocket <laughs> podcast and we will read it do you have time to stick around for our headlines in our calendar yeah i've got all these that? tacos in front of yeah, me yeah so get do it <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just take them, take do, them home. Do your or thing. Do your thing. Some ear candy. So I had, I, I'm going to sidetrack for a second here again. I had posted on social media a long time ago that if family members call me while the show is going on, I'm going to put them on the show. Hello? Hey, Sophia, what's up? Hey, Aaron. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Can you quickly put Good. your dad on the phone, though? My dad? Yep. Um. Yeah, he's talking to some people. I can see if he's not <laughs> Okay. I'm going quick. Well, okay. You are currently on what? the Sprocket podcast because you called me while we were recording. Uh-oh. Are we still recording? Yep, Am I still on? St you're still on, but since you're a minor, oh. i got to get your dad's permission to record you. Oh, hi, everyone. Okay, here he is. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, here, I'm sorry. I gotta rock. Here. <laughs> Hello? Hey, uh, do I have your permission? What's up, brother? Hey, I'm doing all right. So, your daughter called me while we're recording the show. Yeah. Uh, and as per my promise on social media, on the Twitter, uh, they will get recorded. However, realizing she's a minor, do I have your permission to record your daughter on Man. the Sprocket podcast? Only if we can have 88% of the proceeds you make for this particular podcast. 
I already drank that lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> I want it back. I want it back. I'll, I'll save you. No, I'll save you this uh, this uh, Czech style pilsner that's in front of me from the beer mongers, by the way, on Southeast Division and Twelfth. Indeed. <laughs> you don't have no, brother. I I I only kid. Yeah, yeah, man. Yes, I I trust you. You're good to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm totally alienating, by the way, the other two people in the studio. Oh, I'm, I'm just waiting for oh. my chance to jump yeah. in. Oh, okay. <laughs> so does that mean um, you're going to have to like talk about the quinceanera and what that is? Oh, I don't, know why, I don't know why she called. I just called her back. <laughs> oh, oh, I got what you're saying. Okay, sorry. Well, then pretend I didn't say anything. You want, you want to talk to her now that you got that permission? Uh, sure. Okay, here she is just a second. Thanks, Tito. Oh, do I, have, your voice, do I have your permission to to post the permission that you gave? Sure. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, whatever that means. All right. I didn't actually have is. to ask your permission, but... All right. <laughs> yes. Is he on the podcast? I'm going to be on the podcast right now. Am I still on the podcast? You, Hello. You currently are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are with myself, uh, Guthrie Straw. Hello. And Matthew Mendez of Chain Reaction Cycles. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Um, so, what did you call for? Uh, I called to ask you, um, my uncle Aaron, about my quinceanera, and if you would be a part of my court, but I don't know if now's the time to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect time. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's a quinceanera, and what's a court? Um, so, in the Mexican That's for, culture... for our listeners, anyways, please. Oh, for our listeners. Okay, yes. in the Mexican culture, um... As a girl turns 15, uh, she's presented as a woman, and it's kind of like a sweet 16 in our culture, but more decked out with a ceremony and a reception. Okay. And, yeah, your court has uh, family or friends, and it kind of walks down like a bridesmaids and groom, or bridesmen. Wait, bridesmen. <laughs> I'm a bridesman? Wait, you're a bride? Yeah, you're getting married? That's not what I meant. That's not what I said. <laughs> um... Okay, oh, so you want me to be in your quinceanera? Is, is I would it? love for you to be in my quinceanera. Uh, wow, I feel honored. I almost, I almost feel embarrassed that I re- am recording this right now. <laughs> oh, it's it's a precious moment. <laughs> also, it's, it's for posterity. There's, there's one thing you might not like about being a part of my quinceanera. Oh, here it comes. I I well, almost know what what you're gonna say, but go ahead. Go ahead, say it. Okay, uh, you can't wear all black. You That's have to bull- wear. <laughs> you have to wear a white long sleeve and gray, uh-uh. nice slacks. Uh uh-uh. mm-hmm. uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. I, I will not cotton to this. You are gonna have to find another uncle. But I'm your favorite niece. Remember? <laughs> I thought your other sister was my favorite niece. Oh shoot! Uh, <laughs> I can't. I, can't. Hey. I love you all the same. I don't. Yeah. Yes, I, I love you all the same. You're you're all my favorite all right. nieces. Yes, I'll. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Is okay. this like? Do you like have some bet going on with your other sisters to see like if we can get Uncle Aaron to not dress in black? <laughs> that would be um, not a surprise if I did, but uh, no. Oh, okay. That's legit. No. And, and I will say for the record, your older sister. Let me wear all black, and I was like, I was like the Chamberlain of Honor. 
I know. That's that's pretty cool. So, you know, just just telling you, your other okay. sister let me wear all black. Right, but not me. <laughs> so, so when you turn fifteen, I I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be there and stand up and be in your court. So this is like okay. in what, like five years, six years, uh, like eleven months. <laughs> so eleven years. Uh, sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, I'll do it. Thank you for calling. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I'm and glad I, you're on the spot. Then you can't say no. That's true. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, maybe I should have called ahead and then. Figured yeah, out what maybe. It was, but <laughs> this is this is what I've said on social media. I believe it was on the Twitter All right. that if if family members call while I'm recording, they get recorded as well. So let everyone else in your family pass that along. Don't call unless they want to be recorded. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So, have a good day. Go back to school. Um, All right. Sounds don't, good. Don't eat drugs and uh, drink your cheese. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye. <laughs> that was actually, you know, for a random yeah. phone call, that was actually pretty yeah. darn cool. <laughs> that was significant. It's kind of nice. I, I honestly really do kind of feel bad. Like... <laughs> Um, I like it. It's momentous. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was nice. It was. It was all right. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. It circles around the city lights. From our headlines this week, why are there no bike lanes in Skid Row? Yes, this came to us from LAWeekly.com, um, and it's it's just a story about how L.A. has been uh, vastly improving their bike infrastructure. However, there's a section, it's literally called Skid Row um, in L.A., that uh, is home to uh, a lot of talented people, a lot of people who um, aren't necessarily in the upper echelons of income, and... and no bike infrastructure, no bike improvements were made. Um, <laughs> and so anyways, yeah, uh, well, I'll just go in with this quote here. Uh, this man named General Dogon uh, says, they jumped over us with bike lanes just like they jump over us with everything else. Uh, he is a longtime member of the L.A. Community Action Network, uh, and he, on Saturday he led a group of about 50 riders from Skid Row into the heart of downtown on the Skid Row bike ride, is what they called it. Uh, quote, we are trying to make it safe for our community, and that's what this ride is all about. Uh, community activists say that having neighborhood council devoted to Skid Row would be a great mechanism to push City Hall into addressing community issues such as bike lanes, restrooms, and housing uh, but efforts to create the Skid Row Neighborhood Council recently failed, and uh, some blame the head of the city council there. Uh, and it's very interesting that mm-hmm. um, it's a population of people who are, uh, well, apparently are, are uh, underrepresented, and, and a lot of the uh, decisions in the city are being made um, sort of against their interests or, or, in this case, just forgotten. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting to see something like this 
uh, also happened in Portland where... You yeah, know, I was just trying to think, like, if the, um, like, Williams Vancouver Project represents sort of, like, a Portland iteration of this. Yeah. Um, just in terms of, of people generally feeling like they don't have a seat at the table. Uh, it seems to ring a couple of bells in terms of recent projects here for the city. Uh, I'm a little out of the loop. Could you catch me up? Yeah, um, sure thing. And and I'm certainly not, like, the expert on this particular topic as it was happening um just a little bit outside of what I was focusing on during that time, but uh, in essence, uh, throughout sort of north, northeast Portland, uh, the city was looking to implement sort of these revolutionary uh, new bike proposals to get residents on bike throughout um, what has historically been a black neighborhood. Um, and with that, many of those long-term residents felt that they weren't really being heard at the city level in terms of the implementation of those bike lanes. And things, um, to the best of my knowledge, sort of hit a point where there was a bit of a, um, not not designed by compromise or designed by committee per se, uh, but it feels, feels like although that infrastructure did proceed um, as a result of, of that sort of conversation that no particular party in general felt like their needs were fully met, okay. partial needs were met for certain parties and entities, but um, I don't think anybody... Uh, to the best of my knowledge, felt like all needs were really addressed within okay. that project. Well, and, and that sounds somewhat similar to what's yeah, happening for Skid Row in L.A. We talked about a, a, a population that uh, is underrepresented on the mm-hmm. city level. Like the a lot of the opposition to the, Willam, sorry, the Williams uh, bike lane was um, kind of like, well, this is just another thing that the city is sort of like ramming Shoving down our throats. Yeah. Well, and there's a okay. long, long okay. history of that too. Yeah. Going yeah. back into the 50s and 60s, so that's certainly um, that's that's not new news for residents of that yeah. neighborhood. And while like, yeah, okay, maybe it's not about the bike lane, maybe it's not about the mm-hmm. bikes, uh, but there is still like I think a reasonable uh, level of uh, yeah. Or, or in a sense, uh, that project was sort of a community flashpoint, if you will, addressing some grievances from issues previously taken yeah. f- towards the city. So, um, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm sure there could be a whole podcast episode towards this particular topic. <laughs> um, but that, that immediately just drew a parallel to me for uh, the Skid Row LA bike lane. This sounds like a job for why isn't anyone talking about this? Yeah, absolutely. This is a podcast that is also recorded out of the studio. Oh, Okay. Uh, next up from bikeportland.org. Bike Town celebrates one year of service this week. Ooh. Can you believe one it? One year. One year of bike share. <laughs> from Bike Portland. Can you believe Bike Town is already one? This Wednesday is an official anniversary of the launch of Portland's bike share system. To mark the occasion, the Portland Bureau of Transportation has a full week of festivities and promotions lined up. Quote, see below. We have... We've also got the latest numbers to show that, while it's not perfect and there have been some bumps along the road, a.k.a. vandalism, uh, Bike Town has been a success. So I, I noticed the word resounding is missing from that paragraph, but a success <laughs> nonetheless. Um, yeah, I and mean, we, we were talking about this a couple times, how, like, uh, you know, yeah, Bike Share sort of had its impact uh, on a lot of shops, I think. For the most part, it's been really good for the city. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Not just uh, in the realm of generating revenue, but uh, also getting people uh, on bikes that would maybe normally not ride. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, overall, it's been really nice to see in town. Um, and the city's done, I'd say, 
a pretty good job of implementing it. And with this one-year anniversary, they're actually solving one of what I think is their most legitimate um, criticisms of the program is the service area is being extended to reach much further out, which is actually going to serve what I feel is kind of a, um, you know, that core community that you want to sort of help get access to this program uh, because it's, you know, great and all if you can afford to live right downtown. But that being said, it'd be pretty cool if you can live out on 82nd and still use a bike town system as well. Or even further out. Oh, yeah. Or shoot. Why the hell? Let's go to 180th, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Keep it rolling. I I have a route this summer, summer school route, that takes me out to 148th and Division, and I was on my way back. And I think I was like around 120th and Powell, so pretty far east, and I saw a bike town being ridden around. And I was like, Wow. My, that is great. That is that yeah. person is getting their like money's worth out of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and Bike Town's also um, partnered, I believe, partially with the CCC, and I'm not sure if it's an individual partnership with Street Roots. Uh, but recently, and I think this is just in the past month or so, they've launched a program where uh, if you're eligible for assistance in Oregon, you can get a discounted membership. Where instead yeah. of paying for monthly um, mm-hmm. at the regular rate, it's a dollar per month. And so that oh, has... Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cheaper. And, and it used to be three. They yeah. brought it down. It used to be three yeah. per month for that yeah. program? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know too much about it because I've, I've just sort of been hearing that down the grapevine, but it seems like uh, it's working because I've seen a lot of folks really taking advantage of that, especially sort of around the old town Chinatown area. And, awesome. you know, in relation yeah. to just being streets, route centers, and et cetera. What's the farthest out you've seen? A uh, bike, bike town top. bike? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, probably like Tabor or something like that. Okay. Maybe just a little bit past, but I don't actually make it too far east. Um, where uh, last year we were going out to like 150, 160 pretty often because Jane's sister lived in that area, but I haven't been out there super recently since Bike Town has launched. How about you, um, Matthew? Well, I live right by Tabor. Um, oh, right. And I've seen Bike Town bikes on Tabor. They don't seem to make it up to the top. <laughs> All the way to the top. It's more of a push town um, when you get yeah, halfway up. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, I mean, there's, there's a, I know there's a spot at like 26 in Clinton. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, right. So that's, I don't know. I've had to direct people to where they can return them when I've seen them on Mount Tabor. Oh, really? They're like like over it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, those are, those are heavy bikes, man. Metaphorically and physically. Yeah. (laughs) Depending on which side of Tabor they're on. (laughs) Yeah. So congratulations, Bike Town. One year anniversary. May you have many more. Um, and thanks for improving that service area. I yep. think it's going to make a nice difference. Um, and so said they. since they said they were um, having a full week of festivities, we decided to add their festivities to our calendar, which is now, insert calendar sounder. I don't have it. Yeah, I don't know what a <laughs> sound a calendar makes. It, I don't. July. <laughs> Paper rustling. <laughs> Light wind. Anyways. <laughs> Foley. Um, first up on the calendar, as always, is second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party, if you are in the Indianapolis area, and it happens to be the second Friday of a month, you can be a part of their bike party, and it's a bike ride very similar to the TNRs here in Portland, uh, only it's actually legal to have an open container. Ooh, uh, nice. Yes. So in the um, city of Indianapolis. In the city of Indianapolis. Wow. Indiana. Wow. There used to be. That, That's how I, it should be everywhere. Yeah. I was in, so Forest Grove uh, at the time, or I, I was in Forest Grove 
just west of Portland here where they changed it. And I remember there was um, a very sad crowd of people who, who sort of protested that for a little while, but then it died out. And it's kind of sad to see. Protested I mean, the, 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 the Forest Grove bike party? Or? Oh, oh no, not the, the bike open party. Container? The open container. Yeah, yes, okay, nobody was yeah. protesting bike I don't think anybody was having bike parties in Forest Grove, honestly. <laughs> um, I was wondering. <laughs> sorry, that, that was my thread. And then, oh, wait, here I found it. Um, so, yeah, the, no, the open container. Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like you can still get away with it in Portland. You just have to be a little bit more... Uh, mom I, about the whole oh, thing oh yeah seen... i didn't even know it was illegal until like this year yeah. mm-hmm. just just like the uh peeing on the lawn incident or... <laughs> yes <laughs> we don't have to relive that one uh, for story. my benefit maybe we could <laughs> uh, maybe off the record okay for sure sorry i shouldn't i shouldn't bring that Is one that up. a gross misunderstanding of public urination but laws. a most most innocent understanding <laughs> yeah, at the same time totally. we'll, we'll track down that episode uh also, on July 18th, we've got the Bike Town Commuter Station Lads Circle from 4 to 7 p.m. Snacks will be had. Um, I don't know if you have to arrive on a Bike Town. It was sort of vague in the description uh, to get their snacks, but uh, <laughs> I don't see why they would tell you you can't have snacks. No, if you no snacks if you own your own bike. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm, uh, the I'm people sure of Bike well. Town will be, uh, will be posted up there in Lads Circle from 4 to 7 um, probably to promote the brand, maybe sell you a subscription, which, you know, the people that I've talked to who have it really talk it up. So mm-hmm. if you yeah. can afford it, I would say go for it. On July 19th, we have the Bike Town Free Ride Day. Yep. It is Excuse what it there. says. They, uh, you have free ride all day on a bike town. Anybody? Uh, you probably have to sign up for their service, but... Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's always a caveat. On July 20th, we've got the Bike Town Stump Town Cold Brew Giveaway. Yeah, and I'm not sure what the details are about that one, but... Uh, they should put the location, because be. I <laughs> might just make a make a vigorous effort to show up. Yeah. <laughs> Can't turn down Stump Town Cold Brew. You, well, you can. You're a fan of the, you're a fan <laughs> of the cold brew, huh? No, I'm more a fan of free coffee. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no allegiance to Stump Town. Sorry. <laughs> I've, I've got, I've got uh, a couple. Uh, this one I'm really excited about is July 21st is uh, Adaptive Bike Town, and Bike yeah. Town is going to put out uh, a few adaptive cycles. Um, and I'm not, again, I'm not sure where. That's also vague. Um, check with Bike Town's website for the details. Bike Town. Um, on July 26th, we have the Eve 6 ride, hashtag Afterpalooza. Yes, an Afterpalooza ride uh, devised by Brock Didis, lover of cheesy 90s yeah. rock <laughs> pop music. So mm-hmm. if you are also a lover of cheesy 90s we pop should, rock. We should find a way to um, legally craft that into the calendar song. I think that might be a good lead up to the Eve 6 <laughs> ride. Eve 6. <laughs> On July 29th, we have the Python with yes. a live Sprocket the podcast. Sprocket, the hosts of the Sprocket podcast will be there uh, emceeing the event for you. Uh, there will be live music. There will be pies for a minimal uh, admission. On July 20, or excuse me, August 26th, we have Cycle in the City Bike Party in Edmonton, thanks to Glenn Kubish. Yes, if you happen to be in the Edmonton, Canada area, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, there we go, uh, on August 26th, join the Cycle in the City Bike Party. For September 1st, more filmed by bike. 
Um, you know what? I really should have done my homework this week. <laughs> I was wondering, is he going to remember? Is he going to remember? You know what? So I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to say it, but I'm going to butcher all of them intentionally. Ah, there you go. So uh, we have Film by Bike in Petoskey, Michigan, Eugene, Oregon, and Seattle. Oregon? Oregon. Oh, yeah. There we go. We'll, we'll Bernie Sanders it. Um, and then we have it in Seattle, Washington, and Charlevoix, Michigan. <laughs> It was, it was a very, uh, uh, it was a good effort. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> like the, yeah, nope, I failed. I'll look it up next week. I promise. <laughs> I'm not going to correct you this time. I'm just going to let it sit. Cool. That's, that's, that's my, uh, that's my carrot on the stick. <laughs> on October 6th, we have the AMLX challenge. That's for uh, those of you, uh, who like mountain biking in the Allegheny mountains. Uh, that is the Allegheny mountain loop cross challenge. On October 6th through 8th, we have the Youth Bicycle Summit. Yeah! And that is our calendar. Yay! And we have no mail. No mail. So right to the Sprocket (laughs) podcast. It's in the outro. You know where to find it. But you you can also do it before, too. I'm going to play our mail jingle just because it's been too long since our listeners heard this. We got mail. Music by Brock Dittis. Yay. We should make a no mail version. That would be even better. (laughs) Maybe like a sad trombone at the end. We've got no mail. (laughs) (laughs) So that brings us to another end of a fine episode of Sprocket Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. And thank you, Matthew, once again for being here. Thank you very much for having me. A great pleasure to have you on the show this evening. Enjoy the tacos. Uh, and thanks to the beer mongers on Southeast Division and 12th for these beers. You guys got to take them home because I'm not drinking them. We will indeed. This Rattler yeah. can't drink itself, and that's what I'm here for. And that <laughs> other Rattler can't drink itself. And this Kolsch or Czech style Pilsner. You promised can't drink one of itself. those to uh, your uh, niece's father. <laughs> that would be my brother. Why? <laughs> he he could have been anybody. <laughs> he could have been anybody. <laughs> Phones are so hard to tell. <laughs> Uh, all right, here we go. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at Stream PDX Community Audio Studio thanks to generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Call or text to 503. Oh, wait, email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503 847 9774. Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katharina Melamgard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazenski, Tim Mooney, Orange and Purple, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Jim Gooden, Aaron Eric Weitz, Doug Cohen Miller, Todd Parker, Chris Gonzalez, Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler. Zoe Campagna. Dave Knows. Chris Smith. Christy Kaster. Caleb Jenkinson. J.P. Cooley. Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Patrick Archange. Sebastian Poole. Marco Lowe. Rich Otterstrom. Andrew in Colorado. Drew the Welder. Anna Krista. John Wasserman. Andre Johnson. King of Division. Josh Zisson. Richard G. Yours truly. Brandon Shelby. Thank you. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regranary. Campsite. Mac Nurse David. 
Kathy at Cycling, Walking, Eating, Talking. Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan. Michael Flournoy, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel. Ed Whitman, EJ Finneran, Paul Colbertson, if that's your real name. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Scatto. Keith Hutchinson, Rager Tom, Joyce Wilson. Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner, Jason, Jason Offenberg. <laughs> Uh, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore and Dennis O'Brien. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Thank you so much. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed. <laughs>